This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Too many of us are living lonely. We're going to talk about it today and get it out of our lives. This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Made for This podcast. I have a couple exciting things I want to tell you about today. Number one, if you are reading Get Out of Your Head along with us, this week we are going to be talking about isolation versus connection, which is chapter nine. And when I woke up this morning and looked on Amazon, Get Out of Your Head book is on sale right now. And we don't really know how long it's going to last, but you can get three books for the price of two, which is crazy. We have not seen it that cheap anywhere to date. So... If you're thinking about hosting a book club, this would be the perfect opportunity to do that. So grab a couple copies of the book, download the free book club kit at JennyAllen.com and go on this journey with us. So here's Jenny talking about isolation versus connection. Man, it feels like we have talked a lot together about connectedness. If you have not listened to the entire season on it, it's the first season, season one, and it's about relationships. You need to go back and listen to all of it because this is not a subject we can cover thoroughly in one week. But guys, it is probably the greatest, most life-changing thing that can ever happen to you is to actually have deep, connected, real relationships. So our bodies were actually built hardwired for connection with people. Have you ever heard of something called mirror neurons? So this is when you're sitting across from somebody else, a friend over coffee, let's say, and your mirror neurons are all firing. And what that looks like is they share something with you and they have a very sad face. And all of a sudden you mirror their face. You are you are sad with them. It's That's coming from something in your brain that is telling you physiologically to empathize with them. And you guys were built for this. God put that in us because he knew that we had to do life together, that we couldn't just live on these isolated islands going through our junk and not connect with others. We are physically hardwired for connection. When I look back at those 18 months that I was struggling with doubt, and I mean, it really turned into a crisis of my faith to the point that I would be in the daylight, I would be preaching about Jesus from a stage, and in the back of my mind the whole time, I was asking myself, is this even true? In fact, when I was about to release the book, my editor said, Jenny, I just want you to realize how candid this is. You have been so vulnerable here, and I don't want people to think you are being a hypocrite because I watched you in those months talk about Jesus from a stage. And I said, you know what? I'm not worried about that, and here's why. Because I stand on the same faith that I stood on when I was saved. And I stand on the same faith I will stand on when I am before Jesus. And that faith is not held in place by me. God is big enough to handle doubt. And I believe that there is a working out of our salvation, that there is a understanding, a continued deeper understanding of God and that I was being fought for. And I don't believe that I ever wanted it to be untrue. I always wanted it to be true. 
there was a fight going on within me, but I stood on truth. Every time I preached, every time I met with Jesus, every time I chose the better way, it was a choice I was making even though I had doubts, even though I had fears that it might not be true. I don't feel like I was being hypocritical. I feel like I was working through my faith. I feel like I was wrestling and I was wrestling with God and that he's big enough to do that. And and so I don't think it was hypocritical that I was still preaching Jesus. I was just choosing to believe every day. And so when I look back at that season for 18 months, I was being fought for the number one thing I did wrong. Now, there are some things about this season that I was under attack, like that wasn't my choice. But where I gave into that attack and where I gave the enemy way too much power is that I was completely isolated, that I never brought anybody into it. I never said out loud the thoughts I was thinking. I never told my husband. I never told my small group who I met with weekly, y'all. I was in deep relationship with people. I could have said it out loud. I could have even texted. I had friends that they wouldn't be mad if I texted them in the middle of the night when I was under attack. But evil is subtle and it comes for us and we barely notice. In fact, evil loves to not be noticed. It wants to sneak up on us and it wants to tell us things and and it doesn't want to be noticed. And so for 18 months, I didn't notice it. I just sat there in it. But as we notice our thoughts and as we notice the lies that we've been believing, we need to say those things out loud. Now, some of you are thinking, it's not a lie. It's true. Well, you don't know. Let me just say, as someone who lived in my brain for 18 months with the devil telling me lies, I didn't know what was true and what was a lie. All I knew was my thoughts were, you know, all over the place. And I was having a lot of discouraging, doubtful thoughts, but I didn't even think about it. I didn't think that this was attack. I didn't, I know in a, a second, I said it out loud, chains begin to fall because the second I said it out loud, I realized one, how stupid it sounded that I really do believe in God. I, I don't believe the lies. I don't. And then two, it was so clear I was under spiritual attack the second I said it out loud. And the other thing that happened, if you've read the book, you know, I had some pretty incredible friends that began to fight for me and they began to fight for me as if my life and faith depended on it. They did not take it lightly. They said immediately, my friend Ann Voskamp, who's been on before, y'all know her. She said, Jenny, we are fasting and we're praying just in case. This is one of those, like scripture says that some of them come out with prayer. Some of them come out with prayer and fasting. Like Just in case is one that requires fasting. And you guys have to know how vulnerable that was for me. For me to receive these dear friends, Esther and Ann, praying and fasting, like not eating for 24 hours for me, like that just felt so hard to receive. But I was so desperate that I said, okay. And I need this. And so for 24 hours, all of us, we fasted and we prayed and I had another great friend. Her name's Lauren and she fought for me with prayer. I mean, we stayed up one night till 2 a.m. And she helped me voice some of the lies and some of the effects that those lies had caused in over years for me and and where some of those lies came from. And and she stayed up with me till 2 a.m. And I remember again feeling a little bit guilty of just receiving so much of her time and, and her fighting for me. But Guys, we have to have each other. I look back and I don't know that I'd be free without those friends fighting for me, without my small group fighting for me as I shared with them what I was going through. I I had a small little bitty army that fought for me. My husband at the top of the list, once he realized what was happening, oh my gosh, he would wake up and pray for me. He would pray before we go to sleep. I mean, we have to have those people that, that love us, that know us, that we can call at any hour, that we can tell anything to. We've got to have the people that fight for us. I remember one of my friends from Austin, she confessed one time to me that she had been having feelings for another man. And she told me that when the first time she confessed it, that she never had feelings for him again. 
He was married and she was married. And she said, the second I said it out loud, it was like it lost all its power. Guys, that is what we're talking about. We're talking about an enemy who knows that if he has us alone in the dark, then he has us. But if we bring people into it, we bring and invite people that love Jesus into it, all of a sudden we have invited the truth and the light into it. And no longer are we alone with the devil. We have people fighting for us. First John 1, 7 says this, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we walk in the light, Christ is in the light. We have fellowship with one another. It's where life happens in the light. It happens in community. It happens in local churches. It happens in small groups. It happens in small Bible studies. This is what we have to do. But the truth is most of us, even if we have some of those things in place, we aren't actually confessing our sin. And that's a part of this, is we have to say it. When John's talking here about the light, he's talking about confession. He's saying you bring things to the light. Don't hide them in the dark. And why do we bring him to the light? First John 1, 7 says, because the blood of Jesus, his son, it cleanses us from all sin because he has power over the sin and we experience that freedom. Now, I believe my sin would have been forgiven if I'd never brought it into confession and into the light, but I don't believe I'd experience freedom on earth. I don't believe I'd be reminded of that forgiveness. I don't believe I'd be reminded of the truth of God unless I brought people in. And that's why we move to the light, not because our salvation depends on it, but because our freedom on this earth depends on it. We started this whole series talking about Corinthians and that we have divine weapons to destroy strongholds. Part of that weapon is community. It is one of the weapons. And the reason it's such a powerful weapon is because God is in me if I trust in Jesus Christ and God is in you if you trust in Jesus Christ. And when we are together, where two or more are gathered, God is there and there is a supernatural thing that is happening in community that we can't even understand. The spirit of God in you fighting for and reasoning with the spirit of God in me. And there's a unity and a power that comes when we are together. I mean, you cannot deny it. I've seen it again and again through If Gathering. I've seen women in towns. I'll go visit you in your places and your towns and I'll come to your cities and you'll line up all the people that are discipled by you, that you've done life with, and you'll all cry about the cancer that you've walked through together, the divorce you've walked through together, the infidelity that you'll just sit there. You'll do this over and over again in all your different cities. I will sit there with you and you'll come in groups, little packs, and you'll tell me how you fought for each other. And there is a supernatural power over your lives, even though you're telling me the darkest, most horrible things that you've been through. You fought for each other and it's changed your lives and there's joy and there's peace that marks your lives when you are in deep, deep community together. We all need this. This is not optional. This is not optional. It's required. God himself, we talked about this in season one, God himself is in community. God himself, the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, how much more do we need community? If God himself is in it, he built us for it. We're image bearers of God. We need, and remember Adam in the garden, Genesis 1, is not good for man to be alone. It is not good for any of us to be alone. We all need our people. I think one of our tendencies with each of these enemies of our minds is that they're not a big deal. That, yeah, I'm isolated. I don't have great friends. It's not a big deal. A lot of people are lonely. It's epidemic in our culture today. And I think if there's one thing I could shift in your minds, it's that this is a big deal, that this matters, that you're the center of a war, that you're the center of a war, and that when we choose isolationism rather than connection, we are allowing the enemy to win in our lives. I believe 
when the enemy, if you've ever read Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis, I believe that, you know, it's like Uncle Screwtape and it's about demon activity. And I know this sounds crazy, but it's unbelievable read it. You've got to read it. And it's about, you know, assignment that it's basically this is how you attack humans. Like this is this is what they're talking about in this book. And I look back at that time and I picture the enemy. I picture like Uncle Screwtape pointing at a little demon and saying, hey, you go feed her doubt. Give her the thing that will take her out of the game. Give her the thing that will take her out of the fight. And I believe it was assignment. And for some of you, the assignment that the enemy has given you is isolationism. You have been so hurt by community. You've been so hurt by local church. You've been so hurt by what should have brought healing in your life that you have retreated and you have not prioritized it and you are completely alone. And let me just tell you, this is me fighting for you again. This is God fighting for you. Fight the enemy on this fight the enemy on this. You pray about it and you bring people in and it is a process. It takes time. I know it, but it doesn't have to take as long if you go deep fast. We will get right back to our conversation with Jenny on isolation. But first, if you've been following along for any period of time, you've probably heard us talk about the Dwell app. It is a audio Bible app unlike anything we've ever listened to before. And there is a voice or a narrator on the Dwell app that we particularly love called Felix. And we just wanted you to hear Felix for yourself. So check this out. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Okay, and here's what's extra fun. We called our friends at Dwell and said, hey, what would you think of doing a get out of your head scripture plan where we could take all these different scriptures from each chapter and make it into a plan that we could listen to on the go? And they were like, of course. So go download the Dwell app. If you go to dwellapp.io slash Jenny, you can unlock a 10% off their yearly plan, which is amazing. And that's where you'll be able to find the Stop the Spiral of Toxic Thoughts audio Bible plan. So we'll make sure to put all of that info in the show notes and on Jenny's website so you guys can click that link. And now back to Jenny. So one of the main themes in this book and in this series is the power of interruption. We don't always have the power to interrupt a feeling. So if I tell you right now, if you're sad and I say quit being sad, you know, that's <laughs> that's hard to do. But the power of interruption with our mind is possible, that you can actually stop thinking about something. I don't know if you knew that, but we're not a victim to our minds. We can actually redirect our thoughts. I see this all the time with my kids where they're just spiraling out about something and I'm grabbed by the shoulders. I'm like, let's go get ice cream. And they're like, yes, okay. And they're redirected. You know, So we can do this with ourselves. We can change our mindset. But one of the most powerful ways we can redirect our thoughts is to allow somebody to interrupt it for us. So recently, I was driving and I was so discouraged. I'd had an, in fact, one of the stories in the book is, is this moment where I just was so discouraged. I had to go write, I had to edit and I was just spiraling out and I did, I was so discouraged about the work and I called my friend Callie and I said, Callie, and it was a choice. I remember thinking this is vulnerable. I know Callie well and Callie, you know, has heard all my stuff. It's not like this is the first time I've ever done it, but it felt vulnerable that day on my way to work to just pick up the phone, assume she had time and and tell her all of it and to be selfish like that. And so I did it though. And I called her and I, I told her everything that I was feeling. I mean, I told her my thoughts, like the really ugly ones of just complete discouragement and why I was discouraged, which is kind of usually embarrassing, like something negative's happened or something negative was said. And so I said all of that. And then at the end of it, she said, okay, she said, Jenny, 
she was so encouraging. And then she said, Jenny, what is this project that you're so discouraged about exactly? Like, what is it that you're working on? And I said, it's get out of your head. And she was like, that Bible study that we did last fall, because every time I do a project, it starts with a local Bible study. I always lead people through the word of God first, every project I've ever done. So yes, I taught a local Bible study in our church about it. And then y'all, she turned into an animal. She was like, oh my gosh, no, the power of God is on this. This is going to change lives. It changed my life. It's going to change so many lives. And she just started fighting for me. And I was weeping. And I was like, oh my gosh, thank you. Thank you for speaking life and truth over me. But if I wouldn't have called her, I would have sat in that for days, y'all. That's how it goes. We need people to fight for us. We need people that are fierce and that our warriors, and that'll just get their hands dirty, like fighting for us. When we say the lies that are in our heads, they'll fight for us with the truth. But we also have to be those friends. And if any of you are wondering why you don't have those people in your life, there's a lot of reasons for that. There's a lot. Relationships are hard, and we usually quit them as soon as they get hard. And the best ones have been through a lot of hard. So we can't quit when it gets hard because that's actually building the depth and the maturity of a relationship. There's a lot of reasons that we don't have deep, close friendships, but we can always shift that. And the best way to do it is to be that person first. So who can you fight for today? I want you to call a friend, to text a friend and say, let's go to coffee. And I want you, rather than bringing your needs to the table, even though some days that's obedience and vulnerable and what needs to happen, I want you to fight for them. I want you to tell them, make them listen to this and say, listen, we're going to do this. I'm doing this for you. We're going to go to coffee for an hour. And for an hour, you're going to talk about your mind and your anxious thoughts and your worries. And we're going to work through this little guide together that Jenny gave us. And, and you can get that at my website, JennyAllen.com. And just whatever you have to take to fight for that person, I want you to do it. I want you to go and I want you to fight for them. Now, let me tell you, certain percentage of the time, it won't go well. It won't. Like you'll tell that friend and they'll be, they won't know what to do with it. Maybe they've never confessed in themselves. Maybe they have their own issues. Who knows? And they'll backpedal and they'll change the subject. Not your friend, okay? Guess what? I know this is hard, but you go try again. You don't give up. Why? Because we cannot live without each other. And as you fight for them, they're going to see a new way to be a friend. They're going to see a new way for freedom to unfold in their lives. And you know what's cool is when someone does that for you, you start to do it for them. So go first. reading the get out of your head book with us this next week we are going to be reading chapter 10 and talking about the enemy of our mind that is anxiety hey this community has blown us away there are thousands and thousands of you out there that are part of this community and we're just so grateful the way you can tell us that you're out there is to subscribe and to leave a review so come be a deeper part of this community and let's go places my heart has been to make disciples through this thing i hope that you feel that i hope that you feel like you're growing that you feel like you're taking ground for the kingdom anyway i just love you being here and i want you to know how much you mean to me